Okay, good evening, Rabbi Sai. Tonight's Navi Shir is sponsored by the Sepulot family in honor of all those who have joined the Moon and Betoch and Chabura. that the source of our learning should be a source of all those that join the Moon and Betoch and Chabura, that they should be chazik in their Moon and Betoch and the source of the Sepulot family, Rosh Rishon, Choldar, Shavikadusha, that Shalai Thomas, Shatari, Repeam, Pizam, Zerazam, Ad Oila. So our learning should also be a source for Shleim, for Miriam Bela, Basel Choma, and for Aram, Chav Fege, Basel Shar, Chele Yisrael. Okay, so we just saw last week the end of the rebellion of Avshalom. We saw Avshalom's demise when he was caught by his hair while riding under the tree. And <coughs> Yoyev discovers him, and although David had ordered all of his men and his officers and generals to be careful not to hurt, not to do anything to his son Avshalom, Yoyev, despite that, took it in his own hands to kill Avshalom as soon as he found him. And then we saw the news as being told to David. Achimatz wanted to run and tell David the news. He was very excited that David was victorious, like Elish Baruch who helped him. And Yoyev, understanding very well that David would not be excited to hear that his son was killed, tells Achimat, I don't think it's a good idea to go. Achimat insisted, after Yoyev already sent someone else, so Achimat ran as well. He tells David, Baruch Hashem, we won. And David's first question is, and what about Avshalom? And he realizes that Yoyev was right, so he quickly covers up and says, I'm not quite sure, I know there's a tumul, I'm not the real messenger, I just wanted to come and tell you the good news. So David tells him, okay, you wait here a little bit. The second messenger, described by the Pasuk only as Akushi, it comes running up and he tells David, we won. And David asks him, what's with Hashalom? And he says, says, whatever ha- what happened to him should happen to all your enemies. And that's where we left off last week. So we're up to the beginning of Perik Yudtes. Vayirgaz HaMelech, David gives a tremble, a tremor. Vayal Aliyas Hashar Vayefk. David's response, hearing that he won, but that his son had been killed, a son who had been rebelled against him and was Baal Pilakshav and wanted to wipe out the Malucha. David's response is to begin to cry and sob over the death of his son. He goes up, Al-Aliyah, Sashar, Vayef, V'koy Omar, V'lechtoy, B'ni Avsholim, B'ni, B'ni Avsholim, M'yitein Musi, Ani Tachtecha, Avsholim, B'ni, B'ni. David HaMelech cries an unbelievable amount of times that he cries out, B'ni, as he goes up to the Aliyah, Sashar, and Al-Derech HaPshat, the Malbim says that why did he cry so many times, B'ni, so he was stressing that first of all, he not just that's a father who lost the son, but he realizes that it was really his fault because everything that took place, he didn't make him a was the nevuah that Nasan Hanavi told David after the story of Vasheva, and this was therefore very much because of David's chatan. And he looked at Avshalom as Bani Bani, a son who rebelled but didn't want to kill his father, and there was still a possibility for reconciliation. 
So he was crying over the fact that it was his son. He was crying over the fact that because it was his son, he didn't actually want to kill him. There was, in David's view at least, room for reconciliation. And more than that, he says, musi ani b'ni b'ni. He says, Halavai, David Amal says, I would have died instead of you. She was bizarre. He went to war against him. But the reason he felt that feeling is because they understood that Avshalom would now get a terrible Einish of Shemaim. And he understood that all of this, again, was because of his chatam. So he says, you know what? I should have died, and you should have been spared. Why did my children have to suffer because of my chatam? So that's David Amal's terrible tsar. It's not just the tsar of losing a son. It's not just the tsar of losing a son who had so much potential, who was the crown prince, who was in many ways a tremendous tzaddik. But it was the tsar of losing him in a way that David felt very much personally responsible for. Chazal tell us that the tremendous amount of times that David cried the word b'ni, so he said eight b'nis. If you count up in the Pasuk, it says eight times b'ni. Why eight times b'ni? So eight b'nis is keneged seven maduras of Gehenim, and each time he said b'ni, he managed to schlep him out of one madur of Gehenim. What's the last one? So the Gemara says, Tupshotim, either to bring his head closer to his body, that's exactly what that means, and the other one is the Aisei La'alma Da'asei, that he was able to schlep Hashem all the way into Gan Eden. Unbelievable, the Kayach of Dovna Melech, that Aidei, his Bechias, and his expression of remorse, and his feeling that it was really his Chatoim and his Tshuva, he was able to undo the Rav of Shalom and bring Hashem all the way into Gan Eden. So the famous story that they say over is that Chaim Shmulevitz used to go to Yad Avsholem, to Davin. He would say, Yad Avsholem, they asked, it doesn't seem like a very, you know, Mokim Kaddish to go in Davin. We can understand the person wanting to Davin by uh, various Kivrei Tzadikim, but Yad Avsholem is a place to go Davin. And but his field that used to Davin by Yad Avsholem used to say, he would say, Kaddish Baruch Hu. Avsholem rebelled against his father. He tried having him killed. He was Baal Pilagshev. He put him through so much tsar. And yet, David HaMelech, all he saw was the fact that his son had died, the tsar of his son, and he schlepped the son all the way from the deepest depths of Gehenim. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're right, we also rebelled against you. We also do terrible things. But do you have less Rachmanis for us than David HaMelech had for his son, Avshalom, or also your son? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, bimirachim aleinu, David That was Chaim Shalavitz's tefillah that he used to say, Be'yad of Shalom. Kitzer, Yoyev gets wind of this. Vayugad liyoyev hinei ha-melech boicha v'yis abalah al-shalom. Yoyev hears that the king is, instead of sitting there greeting his men who are returning victorious in the battlefield, that he's up on the top, there's, you know, there's Aliyah Sashar, this little gatehouse on top of the gate of the city. The king is sitting up there sobbing. Sobbing over who? Imagine like people go to war against Hamas. So you don't want to compare Shalom to Hamas. But imagine you come back from a war against Hamas and the general is crying because Yachir Sinwa was killed in, in battle. <laughs> so the Pasuk says, Vatihi had Shua evil. This major victory that Kaisal had won, that David, unfortunately, Kaisal also lost, but that David's men had won over Avshalom's men, it turned into a tremendous day of mourning. 
Ne'etzav ha-melech al-benoi. They hear that the king, instead of rejoicing, is depressed and he lost his son. And they came into the city like Ganovim. They slunk into the city. Instead of coming into the city victorious, like a returning victorious army, they slunk, they slunk into the city. They're embarrassed. They, you know, who wants to say they're scared? The king will see them, be angry at them. So if you were looking, if you were standing in the city, to you it would look like David's Melech's army had been defeated, the way they came slinking into the city, trying not to be seen by the king, the way a losing army does, not the way a victorious army does. And this was very, very hard on the morale of people just risked their life for David. And David is totally oblivious. He covers his face. And you're counting the Benis before. Man. You got the last three Benis. So David HaMelech is focused on mourning his son. His men are despondent. They're coming depressed, despondent into the city, embarrassed. And Yoyev realizes this is a disaster. Yoyev now comes to David. You're embarrassing all of your men. What type of business is this? All your men who saved your life and your family's life and all of your wives' lives, all the different things that Avshalom attacked. Avshalom wanted to kill you. He wanted to kill your family, the rest of your sons and daughters, your wives, your pelagshim. And the men who saved you from Avshalom and his people. So what did you do? You love your enemies. And you hate your friends. That's how it looks like. You know, because your men realize that you're crying for the leader of the rebellion that was trying to kill them. You're showing everybody you don't have any any sarm avodim. You don't have any officers, anybody who cares to you, who matters to you. They all know. Had Avshalom survived, but we'd all be dead. Then obviously, then you'd be happy. Because look at you, you're crying over the death of Avshalom. All the men know that the death of Avshalom saved a tremendous amount of lives, both from the other Avshalom's army, because the war stopped, and from David's army. Had Avshalom himself survived, so they would have been continued fighting, and more of David's men could have gotten killed. But you're crying, so that means you don't care. Had Avshalom survived, which would have led to the death of more of your men, you wouldn't care. And you don't care about the busha and cherp of your own family. All you care about is one son Avshalom over everybody. And now... Yoyev's not done yet. You better go out and speak and be mechazik, your men. He makes a shvur b'shem Hashem. Rashi, Mulan Farsh says, it's missing a word. It's like, not actually missing a word. He's saying, he said, it's like, if you're not going to go out there, you're not going to have a single man who's going to stay loyal to you tonight. After such a patch and pun, they risked their lives for you, and you're crying over the loss of your son, who was the rebel, the enemy. If you're not going to go out there right now and be mechazik and thank your men, you're not going to have anyone left. And he tells them, 
And this will be worse than everything that happened to you from your youth, which we know had a very hard life. And he said, this ra, that you're going to lose every single person who was loyal to you, the people who ran away with you to gas when you were running from Shoal, here, there, they ran away from Shoal with you, everything they stood up for you. And it, when push came to shove, you cared more about your enemy than about their, their, your enemy than about them. These people are going to abandon you. You're going to be left with nothing. It's going to be the worst possible ending for you, David. And David, to his tremendous credit, you know, it's very harsh words for David to hear. Don't forget, who is he hearing these words from? He's hearing these words from the person who actually killed Avshal. Now, Yoyev had a chesh. Yoyev understood that from a military standpoint, from a standpoint of the rebellion, it was necessary. But still, you know, he is the one who killed Avshal. David's crying over his son. He personally feels responsible, and he gets this harsh, harsh musr. And David responds, he realizes the Yoav is right. So David goes, he goes down to sit at the gate. And the halacha is, there is no avelus for someone who is haruge malcha. Someone who is chayev misa, there is no avelus. So the etzim David does not have a din of an oval. David was crying for his own personal tsar. But that was part of it. By crying, he's showing Ki'ilu he feels that the death was not a righteous death. If it was righteously done, there's no room for Avelis. So David Taka accepts. And all the men here, oh, the king changed, changed his mind. So all the men came, all the soldiers came in front of David. And Yisrael, meaning those that had fought against David, they all ran home. And now David's army was able to take the credit properly for the victory. And David received them, the Savior Potom Yafis, and they were able to have the Hanav being seen and appreciated by the king after they risked their life for their king. Was he, was Yoav correct? So it's interesting, I think I mentioned this last week, that we don't find anywhere that Yoav is taken to task for this. We're going to see, I don't think we're going to get to it tonight, but as Hashem next week, Yoyev already has done, done certain things when he killed Avner that Dov was very upset about, and Yoyev is not, Dov's not very happy with him for this, but he doesn't really get taken to task for killing Avshalom, and definitely, he definitely seemed to have had a very good cheshun, because it did save a tremendous amount of lives, both from Dov's army and from the other army, because had Avshalom not died, the, the war could have gone on, and Dov only really gets brought back to the, to the, you know, to the palace and becomes the king again, very much only because of the fact that Avshalom is dead, so it definitely seems to be that it was... No, but his whole, his right whole, his whole prediction of what would happen, is that, is that, was that accurate or like... Definitely. <coughs> meaning Kitaka and David would have lost everything? And yeah. what, does it, what does it mean, Rala Chazah, Rabah? That's not true. Why, why, why to lose true? everybody. He always had people he who were with the, him. He was in a lot worse situation. But those so very people who stood with him to the last moment, they're going to abandon him now. He said, that, that's going to be the worst. You're going to have, at this moment, everyone's going to abandon you. I can have you selling, I can have anything. I, I thought when he left, when he ran away from Rashal, he said, like, okay, if I'm not supposed to have Melucha, I'm not supposed to have Melucha. David didn't care. Like, he didn't care about the Melucha, but this is losing all the people who are loyal to him, all his friends, all his, all his people. Of course. No one cares about if that. If Yoyo is right, does that make David wrong? Not, one, not after that fact this morning, the fact that he didn't want Sean to be killed? Perhaps. I don't know. It's a good question. Oh. Well, if I care, his, his, maybe his, as a father, his job is to... To try to protect his son. Did David know that Yoyo that killed him? It seems so, because we'll see that he's uh, about to... Uh, yeah, you'll see in a minute. It definitely seems that way. And he, he attempts, at least according to some Shatham, to... Uh, Demote Yoya from his rank because of it. You say uh, Aliyah Ashar has to do with uh, Basheva, where the whole 
Could be. I, I, that, that I don't know. Oh. <clears throat> so now, what was going on amongst the rest of Kalisrael? So we know that the army ran home. Everybody just, you know, abandoned ship and went home. But now they're stuck, right? They, they, they don't have a king. Avshalom's dead. Yahya was thrown out. David's thrown out of the country. So the the discussion and conversation that took place amongst all the shifte Yisrael was as follows. Right, Rashi says, They were, they had They had uh, debates. What was the debate that was going on amongst Kali Yisrael? So as follows, they said to each other, You know, at the end of the day, all but not nice, we threw David out. He was a great king, saved us from all our enemies. He made us strong, powerful. He saved us from the Plishtim, who are our overlords. He ran away from the land because of Avshalom, which is, well, what's this Nakuda? He ran away because of Avshalom. So the Mepharshim point out that had David ran away from a different rebel, so that would sort of make him unfit to be king because someone who can't stand up to fight for themselves, not much of a king. But he ran away because it was his son who he didn't want to kill. He didn't want to fight back against his son. So we don't see any weakness in David from the fact that he ran away. He only ran away because it was his son. And Avshalom Hashem Meshachnu Aleinu, we decided Avshalom is a better choice, but Mason Lachami, he died in the war, so he's not around. So we don't have a king, we need a king. Why are we waiting? Let's just tell David, okay, we want you back, come back. Now it's interesting, David could have marched as the victorious king back to Yishalayim, just taken it by force. But we see David didn't want to do that. If Yishalayim threw him out from being the Melech, he never went, you know, he, he didn't instigate a civil war to protect his Melucha. He fought back when he was attacked, and he was not holding by going and taking back the kingdom by force. When Lamaisa, Yishalayim takes him back, he goes back, but he's not taking the kingdom back by force. Does he have a right to do that, though? Because he was anointed. Hashem anointed, had Shaul anointed him. It's a good question. So, so why does he have... Now, he was anointed before Klaisel accepted him, and he didn't really have the status of king, and I guess he felt that there could be a point at which, although he is anointed by Kodesh Baruch Hu, but if Klaisel doesn't accept him, he doesn't automatically have... The, the anointing didn't give him the power of a dictator who had to fight for his position. You know, We did have such people. Uh, Herod, at one point, was uh, thrown out of the country, and he convinced the Romans to give him an army in power, and he fought his way back to being king. But, uh, you know, David Amalek didn't want to do that. So, David Amalek hears that Claudio wants him back as king, and David makes a smart political move. He realizes that it will look very bad for Shevi Yehuda if they're not involved in this. Apparently, Shevi Yehuda is always somewhat separate. We see they're counted separately. They're always separate from the rest of Klal Yisrael. And apparently, Shevi Yehuda wasn't as quick to take David back. Perhaps they're more worried about retribution in certain ways. There was his family and the top generals from his family, and they thought they would be punished. So, Vamelech David Sholach El Tzodik He sends his two. Kehanim, Sadiq, and Vyasar, and he tells them, I need you to go with a message. Lamer Dibral Zikne Yehuda, go to the Zikanim of Yehuda. Lamer Loma Tiyuacharoinim Lahashavas Hamelach, Albaisay. You don't want to be the last ones to welcome the king back. You're, you're from my Mishpach, you should be first. Udvar Kol Yisrael, Bela Almelach Albaisay, and he had already gotten messages from all of Kal Yisrael that 
They're ready to take him back. You from Yehuda, you're my brothers. You're my close family members. Why should you be the last ones to bring the king back? It's not going to look good for you. And he also, if you remember, that Avshalom had made a new, he had to make a new commander-in-chief of the army because Yehuda went with David. So he appointed another one of David's nephews, Amasa. So Amasa, who now was the leader of the rebellion, is probably pretty nervous. So David sends a message, You're my direct, you're my nephew. And he makes blush in Shavua. This is a Shavua you find throughout Tanakh. You're going to be the general instead of Yoyev. At least that's how most Mepharshim understand Tachas Yoyev is instead of Yoyev. He wanted to, unbelievable, take his the commander-in-chief of the rebel forces and make him the new commander-in-chief and get rid of his loyal general. But the reason is because Yoyev killed his son. He's not happy with Yoyev. Although there are some who teach Tachas Yoyev, meaning under Yoyev. Not instead second. of Yoyev, you'll be second in command under Yoyev. But, but uh, most Mepharshim understand that he wanted to throw him out from his position as being general. And we'll see that this doesn't end so well for Amasa, as you could probably imagine, having seen Yoyev's history. Not, not, not such a good idea to be appointed as the one to replace Yoyev. But, um, so this is David's message to Amasa. You're going to be co- come back, accept me as king, you're my relative, I'll make you the general of the army. And Amasa accepts, it was very, very similar, it has a lot of echoes of what happened with Avner, and Amasa is the one who goes and actually convinces the rest of the Zikna Yehuda that they should take the back. So Amasa now convinces all the members of Yehuda, and they send a message to the king, come back, we want you back as king. And so David now begins journeying towards Eretz Yisrael, towards the Yardin. The Yehuda ba. Hagilgal. And Yehuda, Shevet Yehuda, came to Gilgal to meet him at the Yardin, a welcoming party, to cross him over the, over the Jordan. Now, if you remember when David was running away, Shimi ben Geir cursed David, a terrible curse. And that caused that uh, Shimi is now very, very scared because David's coming back to power. It's not right. If you're the guy who took advantage to kick the king when he's down, and now the king is back, you're in big trouble. So Shimi now comes with tremendous chachma and brazenness. And Vaimaha Shimi ben Geir ben Hayimini Ashimi Bachurim, Vayered and Ishihuda Likras Hamelach David. He comes together with this great major welcoming party of people from Shevet Yehuda. Now he realizes that he really is Chayav Misa. So his only hope is that he comes. First of all, in the midst of this procession welcoming the king, he figures hopefully David's not going to want to ruin the whole festivities by putting someone to death. Especially, you know, it's a reconciliation. Everybody really was part of the rebellion. So, you know, putting one of the rebels to death will definitely put a major damper on the whole situation. So first of all, he comes together with this whole welcoming party. Not only that, the Elif Ish Imaymi bin Yamin, he brings along a thousand members of Sheva bin Yamin who have reason maybe to not be so excited about David. So, again, David's not going to want to turn them off. Vitziva Narbeshal, and he brings along with him someone who had helped David in his journeys when he was running away, Tsiva, the 
the servant, the treacherous servant of Mephibosheth, who had lied and brought all the things from Mephibosheth and claimed it was him, but David at this point thinks he was such a wonderful person who helped him. The Chameshes Osir Bonov Esrim Avodov Itai and sons and servants that Solcha Yadnot Neamelch and they all cross the Jordan to meet David. The Ovra Ha'avora Lahaver is based on Melech and then I brought a ferry of some sort to cross David's family. The Lasei Satayv Be'enov the Shimi Ben Geri Nofluf Neamelch Ovra Be'yad and Shimi Ben Geri make sure right away. The moment when David's triumphantly re- returning back to Israel, he comes and he falls in front of the king. Don't hold it against me. Don't remember the terrible thing I did. King shouldn't think about it. Don't think about it. I did a terrible thing. It was a mistake. I know I made a terrible Avera. And look, I have Charot. I came the first one to come from the whole Shevi Yosef, which right, we're learning the Parshish Yosef and Yehuda and the fighting. The first one who's here, I'm the first one to come towards to greet the king and apologize and to greet you and say how happy I am for you to come back. Please forgive me. Did he actually have Charot though? just didn't want to get killed. It seems like he just didn't want to get killed. Viana Visha Ben Sri Vayemer, Avisha, his brother, David's nephew, not happy with this. Hasacha Zoisle, almost Shimi Kikilos Mashiach Hashem, a this fellow, he shouldn't die, he cursed the Mashiach Hashem. And David again responds similarly to the way he responded when it initially happened. Vayemer Dov, Mali Vilachem Ben Etsuria, Kisili Ayem Lasatan, I don't need to have. Enemies, Hayyim, Yumas Ish is today the day that someone should die, a day of celebration. He says, but today I've discovered I'm the king over Kali. So what does that mean? So Pashup Shat, I guess it would mean that today's the day that I've been reaffirmed as king. It's not a day I want to kill people. But Rashi, interesting, Rashi brings over here from Chazal. That until this point, he says, I figured that Akalish Baruch Hu did not want me as anymore. You're asking, is the Mashiach Hashem? He should take back his post. Akalish Baruch Hu sent me a message. If a God will be Yisrael, could curse me in such a terrible way, it must be Akalish Baruch Hu sending me a message. I'm rejected by Akalish Baruch Hu. That's how David looked at it. So I figured my Malucha is over. And now that this same God was the first one to greet me and apologize and say he was wrong. That's a sim that Kaddish Baruch Hu didn't reject me. So other Rabbi, he did me a chesed. I see that Kaddish Baruch Hu is back with me. I'm not going to kill him. You're not going to die. And David makes us sure he's not going to die for what he did. It happens to be, Kaddish Baruch Hu worked things out. That this Shabbos, the Haftar of this Shabbos, we're going to lane that... David is mitzavah to Shleim his son on his deathbed, that although I promised Shimi not to kill him, figure out a way to have him put to death. So, uh, you know, David will eventually command Shleim to figure something out to, which is interesting, because I'll tell us that Shimi was one of Shleim's rebbeim, but Shleim has this command to make sure that Shimi doesn't die a peaceful death on his, be- de- on his bed. Does that mean you can violate a Shavuot through Obama? It's a good question. David himself did not kill him. 
and he did not allow, Shlema couldn't kill him for what he did at that time. He told him you have to find a new way to kill him. Now, essentially, why do you want him killed? Was it about Nekomas and Nefarshim say that he wanted to make sure, right, really, really this is, we're going to get to this, not, we're not that far off from this, you know, the beginning of Sefer Malachim, as Hashem, we're, we're, we're only a few weeks away, but David wanted to make sure that Shimi wouldn't have to pay for this in the next world, so that's why he said that he should make sure he gets punished in this world. Now this next piece of the story is really out of order, because Mephibosheth only meets David when he gets back to Yishalayim, he's a cripple. But it's put here to contrast his treatment of Shimi ben Geir, his enemy, with Mephibosheth, who was his friend. He hadn't taken care of his feet. He hadn't washed himself. Yomar says, we learn from here, the derech of Avelis. He hadn't cut his mustache. Even his mustache, which you're allowed to cut during Avelis, was bothering you from eating. He hadn't even cut that. He had tremendous outward signs of Avelis. He hadn't given himself a proper... Wandering his clothing, from the day David was thrown out of Shalim until he came back to Shalim. When David arrives in Shalim and he comes to meet the king, and the king is very hurt. David is hurt that Mephibosheth didn't join him because he had done tremendous chesed with Mephibosheth. Why didn't you? Why weren't everyone? All my other close friends join me in exile. Why didn't you come? My servant Siva, he tricked me. He told me that he'll saddle up the donkey for me. The I'll be able to ride with you. I was planning on coming. I'm a cripple. I need help. And not only did he trick me and come with all the food and provisions and just leave me behind. The and he said lashon hara to you. And he says, you know, I, I know you heard bad things about me. I trust you implicitly. You're like a malach. Do whatever you want. He says, my father's family, by right, should have been killed. So from the fact that they survived, and you made me from those that get to eat from your table, you gave me such covet. So how could I have any time as a Mayeshli Oid Sadak of Elizak Alamach? I don't owe I'm not asking for any more favors or to cry for ask anything from the king. David doesn't know what to say. He heard from Tsiba that Mephibosheth was happy that he was thrown out, and now he hears from Mephibosheth it's not true. I'm not sure what the truth is. You know what? I said when Siva came to me, I said, you get everything that used to be belonging to Baishas. Now you tell me it's not true. Who <coughs> you split it? I would be happy if you take the whole thing. Just as long as you, my master, the king, came back in peace, I'll base it. Now, Chazal say that it was a terrible mistake for David to accept the Lashon Hara, and that when David HaMelech said, Baskal came out and said, yeah, that's okay, you, you think David should split, that he should split the field? So Baskal came out and said, The Malucha that should have been all for Beis David, you could split the Malucha with Rechavim. You'll, you'll get a piece and he'll get the other piece. And Omer Rabbi Yehuda, Omer Rav, Umole like Kibul David Lashon Har, had David not accepted Lashon Har, like Nechlika Malchus Beis David, 
Machus Mitzvah never would have been split, and that would have, and therefore, Vlei Ovdi Yisrael Avay Dezara Klaisel never would have been Avay Dezara, Vlei Galinu Meyatzeinu. So the terrible, terrible effects of the Rav Avay Dezara, of Lashon Hara, what it could lead to, how careful a person has to be, and Befrat, because I'll say it was extra tiny, he was so nice to his enemy, Shimi Ben Geiri, he should have also been down the Kavskus, his good friend Mephi Boishas, and because he wasn't, they had terrible, terrible repercussions down the road. Okay, Shkech.